Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Welcome, everybody. I'm Dr. Andrew Sheehan from the San Antonio Military Medical Center. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Jorge Chala from Rush University and Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Dr. Chala's paper entitled Bony Ingrowth of Coil-Type Open Architecture Anchors Compared with Screw-Type Peak Anchors for the Medial Row and Rotator Cuff Repair, a randomized controlled trial was made available online in December 2019 as an article in press. Dr. Chala is an incredibly accomplished writer and researcher, and so I'm excited to be talking to him today here on the podcast. Dr. Chala, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Dr. Sheehan. This is a great honor for me. Uh, it's been a phenomenal experience to, to be part of this growth from the Arthroscopy Journal in regards to the infographics and uh, this podcast that have had a, an amazing impact in our society. So thank you very much for having me. Yeah, and great plug for the infographics, too. I know that uh, just anecdotally, uh, a number of my colleagues here down in San Antonio have been really enjoying those. So kudos to you and keep up the good work. I appreciate it. I, I think uh, everything we do for the journal to spread out the word on, on the science, it's a, it's a great thing to do because more people can get engaged, not only from a scientific standpoint, but also in, in social media. Also, sometimes patients can see those things and, and get more involved and, and, and they can be more informed at the time of making a decision for either surgery or, or keep going with physical therapy. And those things, I think, are, are really valuable from a consumer standpoint. Give the readers an overview of, of what the architecture of these anchors are so they can think about it in their mind's eye. Well, first of all, thank you very much for getting interested in, in our article. Um, I want to acknowledge all my collaborators and, and co-authors for this article because without them, it would be impossible to have it done. But this is basically the main question. And the two types of anchors that we studied were, were pretty much solid anchors, which is the conventional anchor that we used to use, and the new, newly designed open architecture anchor, which basically has basically more spacing between the threads, and it's hollow in the inside. So it makes it easier for the bone to basically ingrow into the, into the anchor and also for the bone marrow elements to come out from the pilot hole that we do to position the anchor. That's the main difference between the regular anchor and the one that has basically a, a solar or a hollow uh, inside with higher threads to be able to have some more ingrowth of bone. I'd like you to describe the two different interventions that you all were interested in investigating and how you went about comparing the, the different types of anchors. I think to the great credit of you and your co-authors, um, there's a number of, of different comparisons that, that you guys made with respect to the time zero biology, clinical outcomes, and radiographic outcomes. Can you elaborate on these a little bit more and, and tell us why you, you chose the ones you did? Yeah, so we basically looked at three things. One, the synovial and bone marrow content at the time of surgery where we basically extracted the bone marrow at the time of the arthroscopy, we basically drained the fluid of the joint. And then with the use of a needle, we extracted the bone marrow and also the synovium to try to assess basically different growth factors and mesenchymal stem cells that were present at the time of the surgery to try to see if having a hollow uh, type of uh, anchor would aid in a better capacity to stimulate the bone marrow from the bone. The second thing that we did was try to measure the bony ingrowth using CT scans at six months. And this were 3D reconstructing using the MIMIX software. This is um, one of the, the coolest things from this study was that we used a very complex software 
that was designed by one of our uh, scientists here at Rush that basically subtracted the anchor from the bone to be able to measure how much bone basically uh, had ingrowth into the, into the anchor. And finally, we did a comprehensive physical examination that was randomized between uh, people that had uh, one or the other anchor in regards to two things, objective measures such as range of motion and strength using a dynamometer and uh, subjective outcome measures using different questionnaires such as SST, SANE, VAS, ASCS, preoperatively at six months and after one year after uh, the surgery was done. And the, the part about aspirating the, the effluent from the anchor site, is that, is that a method that, that you all devised there, or is that something that has is, is previously been, been written about? So this uh, has not been written about before. And this is a great question, because it is some hard, sometimes hard to know where are the cells coming from, and if the growth factors are coming from the debridement of the bursa, or where are they coming from? We try not to do um, any type of bony work before taking the aspiration because we know that that, that could have affected the, the results. But still, uh, it was something that we thought it was probably the best way to assess it, although, although we don't know if that, that is the best or, or the, the most perfect way to do it. However, we couldn't find a better way ourselves than, uh, that we can think of. No, I, I liked it. I thought it was a very practical way of, of going about it. We've all been there before we put those middle row anchors in and we see the, the, the biologic volcano, as I think I've heard um, speakers in the podium call it. So again, great work for <laughs> trying like to figure part. out exactly what, yeah. So what, what's going on with that stuff coming out? Um, why don't you summarize the key findings of the study for the listeners? So the main findings of our study were that bone mineral density surrounding the cold type anchor were significantly greater than in the screw-type anchor. However, the objective and subjective clinical outcomes, including the range of motion, the strength, and the PROs that we measured after the surgery at six months and one year, were pretty similar between the two cohorts. Taking a closer look at the data, it demonstrated that there was a trend toward uh, coil-tap patients having a larger magnitude of improvement within the first six months. This might have to do with a, with a fact that the, these patients had a better ingrowth of bone, but this was, this was not significant, both for SANE, ASCS, poor reflection strength in, in the objective, and external uh, rotation strength. And, but again, this was not statistically significant. And I don't recall if there was an effort to preoperatively assess the greater tuberosity bone um, in terms of the bone mineral density between the two groups. Do you think that preoperative bone mineral density might affect the amount of bone that gets laid down around these anchors once they've been inserted? I truly think so, and this is a great point, but we did not correlate the BMD preoperatively. I believe this, this, could, be, this could be a nice follow-up study to identify patients that might be at risk and that can be, be, uh, further benefit from these anchors, meaning that patients that have uh, a pretty low uh, bone marrow density we might benefit a little bit more from a, from a hollow anchor or a cold type anchor where the bone can actually make a difference. Whereas patients that have pretty good, pretty good bone might do the same with any type of anchor. So I think that concept might lead us to, uh, to further study a second follow-up study where we try to assess that and if there's a at-risk population that we can actually benefit uh, by the use of this newer type of anchors.
and I think also too, I think that this just underscores that when we're when we're contemplating, you know, a surgical tactic for for patients with poor quality bone, there's all sorts of different things we can be doing and planning for, right? We should be facile with managing poor quality bone, whether that be, you know, how do we're going to deal with cysts? Are we going to have to bone graft those defects? Do we have, you know, a, a myriad of anchors available from different sizes? So I like I like the results of this study that would suggest that besides all the things I mentioned, there's one more arrow in our quiver that we could be using in circumstances specifically involving perhaps, you know, poor quality, greater tuberosity um, bone. I know there has been some uh, surgeons that have been using cement or other type of uh, synthetic type of elements to try to augment or to try to improve the fixation of the purchase of the anchors. However, as you know, it's not the most natural way of doing things, and sometimes if that fails, you you end up uh, basically with a bigger problem than you started with. So, again, trying to get uh, native bone to grow into the anchor might be a more natural solution, but it might take some more time, but at the same time, in the event that it works, it might be a, a more beneficial approach than trying to use other synthetic type of uh, products. Have the results of the study affected the way you think about interfix rotator cuff tears? So what this study showed us is that if we respect and follow the main principles of rotator cuff repair that were taught to us by uh, Dr. Burhardt and, uh, and others, including uh, term pattern identification, mobilization of the tissue, adequately preparing the footprint and performing a repair without a significant tension, those are the paramount for achieving good outcomes regardless of the anchor utilized. So again, I think respecting the, the main principles for Repairing cuffs are still the most important thing to address and to assess at the time of surgery. And not only that, but also the indication for surgery to try to achieve the, the most optimal outcomes. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Jorge, thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Andy. It's been, it's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you again for considering us. Dr. Chawa's article entitled Bony Ingrowth of Coil-Type Open Architecture Anchors Compared with Screw-Type Peak Anchors for the Medial Row and Rotator Cuff Repair, a randomized controlled trial, was published online in December 2019 as an article in press and can currently be accessed at www.arthroscopyjournal.org. Thank you all for joining us and have a good evening.